This is Courage Cast. Faith, inspiration, and motivation for today. Well, hey everyone, this is Eric Nordoff, and welcome to another episode of Courage Cast. Uh, last we left you yesterday, we started our first of a three part interview with Scott McIntyre, former American Idol top eight contestant, singer, amazing piano player, very talented, uber talented man, academically as well, amazing. Went to college at, at age 14 recipient of two kidney transplants, and I didn't even mention that he's been blind since birth. Amazing man, amazing story. Um, We start the second part of our interview. I uh, ask him, so how did the very first kidney donor tell him? How did he find out that he was going to be a recipient? So let's dive into it. My conversation with Scott McIntyre. Thank you for 50 second chances. So how did she tell you that she wanted to, or how did you find out? You know, I think, because uh, I, was, I was living at, I, I went to college, I said it was my college piano teacher's wife. I went to college a little early. Mm-hmm. I started college at 14. Yes. I want to talk about that too. That's and then, amazing. <laughs> and then graduated at 19 and I never, never planned it that way. It's just kind of how it happened. So You are a Doogie Hauser. Um, <laughs> have you heard of Doogie Hauser? I have, yes. Okay, yes. You are a living Doogie Hauser here. I, I understand the reference uh, halfway. <laughs> I'm I, older I, and I, when I was a kid, Doogie Hauser was... <laughs> Was like the coolest guy in the world because he was like 12 and he you know was, a, was already a doctor or something gotcha gotcha yeah i knew it was something like that uh-huh. i got i got your intent there yeah. yeah yeah um but uh so i was still living at home so i think you know my parents got the call and then i i found out later but mm. it was um but she barely knew me and it was something she wanted to do and so i i got through that and uh I never talked about that on American Idol, but it, that happened uh, in 2007. Mm-hmm. A year later, I auditioned for Idol, and then the year after that, I was on in 2009. Mm. Um, but I just just kind of wanted to to live my dream, and you know, people knew about my blindness, but I didn't talk about that transplant and how it led to Idol until um, a few years later. And I wrote a book called By Faith not by sight, mm-hmm. where I, I talk about idol and, and, you know, dealing with the uncertainty of the kidney failure and the transplant. And it was just amazing how God brought me from uh, not being able to make music in my own home to making music on this big, big stage. Unbelievable. And, uh, and so that kidney lasted for, for eight years. Do they typically die uh, the kidneys eventually or is it- eventually yes i mean technically it's not a cure it's a treatment mm-hmm. and so uh um a lot of people I've, I've run into a lot of people who just think you know you get the transplant and that's it and you you uh you're good for life but the average uh time for a living donor kidney is about about 20 years depending on who mm-hmm. you talk to so I, I know people who've had it twice that long and never had a problem right and then there's a lot of people that never make it to 20 years mm. I made it to eight years, and uh, it it unfortunately became very clear that I was going to need a second kidney transplant. And what are some of the symptoms that you experience when you 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 know there's kidney failure happening? 
your body starts to starts to shut down little by little. The first thing that happens is is anemia, and so you lose a lot of energy. It, you know, you lose a lot of energy. It becomes harder to kind of you know make yourself get up and do things, and you feel yeah. a little lethargic. But um, even with all the meds that you're on, because the meds are what keeps the kidney. Yep. functioning properly is yeah the meds uh, are basically suppressing your immune system mm-hmm. to prevent your body from attacking the transplanted organ so the anemia really has nothing to do with with that because okay. you're not taking medication to to give you energy or anything like that it's a it's a separate thing but um that's one of the first things that happens and you can you know you can run for a while on 20 percent kidney function it just mm. it just depends how your body is is going, but then starts to dip down towards fifteen percent, and yeah. you know by the by the time you get to ten percent, you're probably ready to start dialysis mm. again, and, mm-hmm. which is is I won't go into it, but it's a it's a it's a hard quality of life. There's a lot of people out there on dialysis, and I I did that um, before the first transplant, and it's a it's a tough thing to you know with machines depending on machines to keep you alive you know a couple times a week so after the anemia sometimes you'll get muscle cramps i i dealt with gout Mm -hmm. at a young age you know that's that's (laughs) just hard to believe you know it's such a i always hear about gout but i yeah like my grandfather had gout exactly yeah mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. all that stuff and i i just um I, I was I was headed towards that again. And my I was married this time to my wife Christina, yeah. and we were walking through this time once again of uh, of uncertainty and not knowing what would happen. And I think when I talk about the first transplant, I, I always used to talk about the the victory story and how God brought me through that and He delivered me from that. And he, there was a happy ending, you know. Right. But sometimes you don't you don't get the happy ending that you want. Sometimes you don't get the cure or you don't get the transplant or you don't get the job or the you know your ideal situation that looks good to us here on earth. Right. And so with this second time going through kidney failure and this uncertainty, I, I knew people would be watching me now mm-hmm. because I had the platform from American Idol and hmm. I really wanted to talk about, and I still do today, I, I talk about, you know, um, no matter if if God gives you the, the, the positive outcome or not, how do you find joy in uh, in the uncertain time, in, in the struggle? Yeah. You know? Because there's there's no guarantee that life's going to be easier, that it's going to end. We're all going to die eventually. Yeah. And, and, then, uh, and then hopefully spend eternity with God. But how do we find joy in the struggle? Not when everything's perfect, but when some things are, are a little iffy and a little uncertain. And my wife and I both have told each other separately that that year um, dealing with kidney failure the second time, going through that uncertainty was the best year of our both of our lives separately because we we drew closer to God we drew closer to each other mm-hmm. and we just all all the you know unimportant things were just stripped away and we just experienced life together at a very deep level and then uh in the midst of that uncertainty I got the call that I had been waiting for and I found out that uh once again a donor had been approved to donate their kidney to me unbelievable that's unbelievable so this was um a little different because you you shared about it publicly, right? I did. The I did. need for a transplant and an anonymous person mm-hmm. who you, you did end up meeting, right? I did, but yeah. at, at the time, yeah, a completely anonymous uh, person <clears throat> stepped up and decided that, that they were going to donate their kidney to me. I found out later they had never watched American Idol. They never hmm. heard my music. Um, I think their family knew who I was, their extended family, but they, you know, she never knew that. 
never uh, had any any reason to like me or you know anything right, like that. I right. never did anything for she her. She wasn't a fan, or no, you know, and uh, and she just wanted to help. Um, and so June of of you know 2015, I went through my second kidney transplant, not mm-hmm. knowing who it was that was saving my life. That's amazing. And it was it was crazy. It just points me back towards Christ once again, because here was this woman who. I I could not do anything for her to deserve this because I didn't know her at the time, and she stepped in, and and saved my life. And that's what Christ does for each one of us. It's just such a strong parallel, I think. And I did meet her six weeks after the transplant, like you mm-hmm. said. And I gave her a hug, and I said, "You saved my life." <laughs> <laughs> and what was she like, uh, if you don't mind me asking? What what was her response? Was she humble? Was she trying to you know? pass it off as not a big deal or was she what was it like she was she was her? so humble and is yeah. so humble she was she was 27 years old when she donated Gosh. and had three kids um and just uh just gave me the gift of life gave me so much um both my donors try to pass it off as if it was <laughs> i mean i don't want to speak for them but that's how i that's how it feels to me it feels like a very humble thing to say when they you know well i just i just wanted to help or it's just something i could do yeah um, it's very downplayed and um they, they don't want to be heroes they just they just wanted to help i tell you it's uh two di- you're talking about two different types of of courage and bravery you're talking about what you experienced which is you know you didn't ask for this you didn't purposely choose to be in this situation to be you know losing a kidney and needing one and being dependent on someone for help and this person voluntarily obediently i'm assuming both those people were christians i would i don't know um maybe they were as far as i know yeah. yeah yeah so they heard the voice of the Holy Spirit. They heard the voice of God speaking to them, and mm-hmm. and to be obedient, to to have the courage to do that. I mean, that's a that's a huge sacrifice. Yeah, it was it was crazy. And this with the second transplant in particular. Um, and I, I, you know, I have uh, some music on Christian radio, and there uh, different stations are playing songs. Um, the CD's Lighthouse, and yeah. There were some songs being played, and I was, I was doing an interview with um, with Karen Kingsbury this particular day, and I was talking about organ donation and the need that's out there, um, because there's over 90,000 people waiting for a kidney transplant mm-hmm. alone. Mm-hmm. And all organ transplants, there's just, it's over 100,000 that are waiting, but 90,000 of those are for the kidney. So I was I was talking on a lot of different shows about the need, and and then you know people knew that I was waiting along with those ninety thousand. Right. And uh, my my second donor for this transplant happened to be listening to Karen's show. Amazing. That day, and mm. her she didn't know me. Like I said, her first thought was just, uh, oh, he seems like a nice guy. I hope he gets a kidney. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and, and it was very honest. It was you know yeah. I think she genuinely. Uh, enjoyed the interview and what mm-hmm. she heard and hoped I would get a kidney. And then she kept having this prompting in the back of her mind saying, why couldn't it be you to mm. help him? Mm. And it wouldn't go away. And she finally uh, said, followed that. that prompting and called Vanderbilt. And so it, it really was God uh, just just moving in that situation, That's you know, because she, she had never thought about donation before mm-hmm. um, i'm sure she knew about organ donation just you know a little bit from mm-hmm. culture or whatever but she had never really looked into it and um, that's what god had for me Thank you for 50 seconds. 
second chances. Well, that is the end of part two of my three-part conversation with Scott McIntyre. Tomorrow will be the final part, and that's really where we dive into fear. And what kind of courage did he have to muster? And where did it come from? What guided him through the process and enabled him to overcome amazing amounts of fear and facing, really facing death? So I can't wait for you to hear that tomorrow in part three of my interview with Scott McIntyre. That's it for me, though, friends. I appreciate you listening, and I look forward to being back with you again tomorrow for part three of my interview with Scott McIntyre on The Courage Cast. Have a great day, everyone. Chances